The teachings of General Conference are the considerations the Lord would have before us now and in the months ahead. Our marching orders for each six months are found in the General Conference addresses. For the next six months, your conference edition of the Ensign should stand next to your standard works and be referred to frequently. I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I exhort you to study the messages of this conference frequently, even repeatedly, during the next six months. You're listening to the Conference Talk Podcast, where it's conference weekend every weekend. Each weekend on this show, we discuss talks from the most recent General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We'll share some insights, we make some connections, and hopefully have a little bit of fun. I'm your host, Shelby Christensen, and today we'll be discussing Bishop W. Christopher Waddell's address, More Than a Hero. For this episode, I've invited my friend Ashley Norman (laughs) to join. Hi, Ashley. How are you? Welcome. I'm I'm great. How are you? Thank you for inviting me. Good. Do you want to like share a little bit of information about who you are and maybe share like a famous, a favorite uh, conference memory or anything like that? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I live in the UP of Michigan. Uh, we've been here about a year. Um, my husband and I have been in school. 99% of our marriage, and we have three boys going on four, and we, so so now we're out of school, and we live up here in the UP, and are are just enjoying, you know, post-school life, and and the the wonders that Jesus and Heavenly Father are guiding us on, Um, but one of my favorite, it wasn't until I got older that Obviously, I could really appreciate General Conference and more defining when I was like a young adult um, and going to the singles ward, I truly really looked forward to just those, those personal talks that I felt like were so for me, especially given that time in my life where you're confused and you're trying to figure out you know, all these big decisions that are ahead of you. Um, so it wasn't until I was older that I could truly appreciate the value behind general conference. Um, but honestly, I am fairly basic. I just love snuggling up with my comfy clothes, right? <laughs> um, and a nice blanket and then my notepads. And um, I definitely love color. And so I have all sorts of highlighters and um, colored pens and I just love to um, like pick out and sometimes it just depends on um, what I'm feeling but um, sometimes maybe I'll look forward for a special message and then that will be in a specific color or other times like anytime something pops up um, really resonating with what I'm going through at that time um, anyway I just like I like color, so. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. I always admire people 
when they like I see people like post like a bullet journal or whatever of stuff that they've doodled or anything on conference. And I just always admire people that do that because I don't, I can't, I don't know why. Like, I mean, I just, it's just not, I write notes. Like I, I take organized notes, but like, I can't, I don't doodle my impressions. And I just like always admire people who doodle their impressions or like make little pictures of how they were feeling or, or things like that from conference. <laughs> oh my goodness. Me too. And mine definitely are not beautiful and they're definitely a hot mess, but um, <laughs> it, it makes it fun recently. Yeah. You know, going, going through, um, you know, aside from general conference with the focus of being the book of Mormon for come follow me this year, uh, my husband and I are reading it a different way together. And so color coding, right. <laughs> We have mm-hmm. two colors that we're using. Um, and one color, we use blue for blessings. So as we go through, we're highlighting all the blessings. Um, but and then in red, we're highlighting like all the commandments um, or not necessarily commandments in, in the, you know, like the Ten Commandments type of sense. But the commandments, right, like praying and having faith and following through and and those type of things. And so we're we're outlining you know, just based off of those, those two specific focuses. And it's, it's wonderful to see, you know, the things that God promises, or if we seek him, right, he will Mm -hmm. bless us with this and, and, and such. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, well, I'm excited to have you on the, the podcast today. And I'm excited to talk about this talk. Um, just to give a little bit of a background for, um, Bishop W. Christopher Waddell. If I'm saying his last name wrong, I apologize. It could be Waddell, could be Waddell. I am unsure. So I'm just putting that little snippet out there. But um, just a little bit of a background from him. Um, He is originally from California, and he received his bachelor's degree from San Diego University. Um, He he has served in numerous church callings, including a full-time missionary in Spain, Bishop, High Counselor, Mission Presidents, Counselor, State President, President of Barcelona, Spain Mission, and Area 70. So, and he has four children, and um, he and his wife have been married since 1984. Um, So, his talk, again, is more than a hero. And so now we're just going to talk about um, kind of a summary, what it was about, and our takeaways. So, Uh, In the beginning, he talks about some rescues that were made with the Willie Handcart Company uh, during the great trek that they were on. And he specifically talks about Ephraim Hanks, who received a very personal impression to go and help these saints that were trying to make it to Salt Lake. And when you when I first when you first hear the the story and you you first think even when I was rereading it, I first thought like this talk was going to go in a different direction than it actually did. Um, because he talks about how these people who rescued the saints that were um, dying, sick, cold, without food, trying to make it to, to Salt Lake, they were they were heroes. These people that came to rescue the, the saints, they were heroes. And then he leads it into talking about uh, the heroes that we may have as children or in our lives and uh, talks about the importance of 
it's okay to um, have quote unquote that childlike hero worship um, that can be super innocent, like where kids just like, oh my gosh, I really admire that person. I look up to that person. Um, but then he goes on talking about, uh, he warns us about taking it from the childlike uh, hero worship to a more serious form of worship where we put those heroes or those things before God who should be our one and only hero. And I really like how he did that in this talk. Um, well, I like exactly right right as he's transitioning from that, right, from um, having a hero worship, um, such as, you know, as we're young kids or now that we're adults, you know, whether that be politicians or bloggers, influencers, athletes, um, et cetera. And then he leads into they can cause us to look beyond the mark mm-hmm. and lose sight of what is truly essential. And I love that. I feel like it's too often. And for me, <laughs> being a mom of three um, and just the busy, crazy life that you know, I live and I know most of us live, right? Where whether we're working or we're staying at home moms or we're both, you know, I think it's normal and natural for us to to lose sight because we get so caught up in the physical, we get so caught up in in the day-to-day type of things. Um so I really loved how he brought such an emphasis to that. Um and it's, you know, for me I took a, a step further because I was like, wow, like for me, I don't, you know, it's not even the, the hero worship, but it is those still those small things that allow me to look beyond the mark or to to lose sight of what truly is essential. Mm, I really like that you brought that up because, yeah, he does emphasize on like bigger, bigger forms of worship as far as people and influencers or athletes. But like even the seemingly small things in our lives can become a stumbling block when we're, you know, worried about perfection, for for instance, like having to be perfect or having the perfect home, like the perfect, like looking home or, you know, making sure we're looking perfect. It doesn't matter when it comes down to what God needs and what God wants from us. What's important is if we're putting him first and um, I looking beyond the mark in the, the scripture, Jacob four, um, verse 14, uh, when it talks about looking down the mark, it says here, wherefore, because of their blindness, blindness, which blindness came by looking beyond the mark, they, they must needs fall for God hath taken away his plainness from them and delivered unto them many things, which they cannot understand because they desired it. And because they desired it, God hath done it that they may be, that they may stumble. So when we lose sight of God and when we don't, when we stop putting him first and we focus on other things that we may subconsciously also start focusing on other things before God, we're going to lose sight of his impressions. Like we might lose the sensitivity to the spirit because we're not putting him first and we're not focusing on him before anything else. We're going to become insensitive two promptings of the spirit, which could lead us to maybe stumble if we're having a hard time, like going through a trial and not understanding the trial that we're going through. Maybe we'll have a hard time leaning on God. Or um, maybe if we come up with like a question that might be like, 
something spiritual that we may have, like, why is it this way or why is it that way? Because we lose that sensitivity to feeling the spirit. Like we could Mm -hmm. also become blind and we can also get to where we don't understand what's happening. Exactly. And how he elaborates, right? That, you know, when they were focusing on the, the, the golden calf that they built as their idol, they, uh, let's see, their focus on the calf impacted their ability to worship the true God. And, you know, just to add note to what you just said, I mean, exactly. It impacted their ability to not only worship him, but also to receive what he has and is, is willing to offer us. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's super crucial. Like this year is my year of focus of back into my spirituality, my back into, to strengthening my faith, you know, for the the longest time I was, I was such a fence, a fence sitter, right. I was doing just enough. I wasn't losing my faith because I was still, you know, doing just enough to to keep bare minimum of where I was at, but I wasn't really thriving with my relationship with Heavenly Father. Mm. And as, and as I've gone on, you know, this, this beautiful journey, I've, I've realized, you know, one of the most, uh, I'm sure most everybody has heard this saying, you get out of life what you put into it. And that could not mm-hmm. be more true than with our relationship and our spirituality. So with our relationship with Heavenly Father and our spirituality. So it's like, you know, if we're not receiving what we want from our Heavenly Father, then what are we putting into that? Um, and so this is my year of redirecting, you know, my focus, my thoughts, and, and those small things each and every day so that my ability is impacted for the greater, right? So that my my capacity to feel heaven around me, to to hear is is much greater. But I, I think that's so important. We get, you know, we we do. How often is our our ability to feel or hear impacted negatively? Mm. Yeah, that's true. It's I think it's important to regularly take like inventories. Okay, like where am I sitting? How am I doing with my focus? Who am I focusing on? What am I focusing on? I I I've had a lot of those impressions a lot recently and so much so that like I've even gone as far as like deleting social media because I see how much time that it can take away from the other things that are important. And I think that especially in today's world where everything is so, everything is all online, everything is so easily accessible um, from, you know, like our streaming services to uh, music that's instantly at our fingertips. We don't have to go buy CDs anymore or to, social media, like it all is there. It's it, All of that stuff can be great um, things to have in our lives and great tools to use in appropriate times, but they can also become huge distractions. And I, I notice that, you know, I sometimes let social media become a lot more of a focus in my life than even gospel things that I need to be focusing more on. And I, last January, I was I did kind of what you're wanting to do this year and I was just like trying really hard to simplify simplify and eliminate the noise and um it helped a lot like even my husband like started noticing that I I was changing and I was like things were 
you know, I had more patience for things that I might not have had more patience for before. And I just seemed, you know, more calm and just more at peace when I was putting, you know, my scriptures and putting prayer and putting my worship of our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ before the other things. Um, And I really like here where he says the hero, our hero now and always is Jesus Christ and anything or anyone that distracts us from his teachings as found in the scriptures and through the words of the living prophets can negatively impact our progress on the covenant path. And then he, um, he goes on to quote president Oaks. He says, Jesus Christ has done everything that he says that is essential for our journey through mortality toward the destiny outlined in the plan of our heavenly father. So nothing else matters. Like, Nothing else matters but what Christ has done for us and our Heavenly Father's plan. And I think that's hard to not lose sight of because we're spiritual beings living in a mortal life where mortality has a very strong pull on us and our spirits are just like trying to fight and keep our mortal mortal, mortal selves and real our mortal selves in. Um, but it's yeah. really hard when the world is so distracting. It is. And, and I feel like that comes down to like habit and discipline, right? Like mm-hmm. um, for those athletes, you know, that are incredible athletes and work out every day and, you know, fuel their body, right? Like if you ask them if that's a struggle, absolutely. Most of the time I can guarantee they'll probably say no, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's mentally, emotionally, and physically where they're at and they understand the value behind it and they understand you know, the purpose of it. And so I think that, you know, we've just, we're surrounded by, you know, imperfect people and by a society that is getting less and less away from God. And so it's, it's this constant battle of we and our moral selves and our physical being have to figure things out. Right. So we have to do, we have to put in the effort, Um, And I like how he talks later on and um, just a couple paragraphs later, he said, whatever questions or problems you have, right? So elaborating back on um, how earlier we're talking about trials. So whatever questions or problems you have, that answer is always found in the life and teachings of Jesus Christ, his atonement, his love, his mercy, his doctrine, and his restored gospel of healing and progression. Um, And then my, my big thing that I noted was turn to him follow him. And he would also add, choose him. So for those three specific things that he said, turn to him, follow him and choose him. I think that looks so different in everybody's life. But for me, it's coming down to, it's coming down to those small thoughts because, um, I was, I was going through this, this, um, mental shoot. What's, I don't even know how to mental progression. Um, (laughs) shall we help me? I don't know. Um, anyway, I was just really working on myself, um, and my mentality. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was listening to this, this coach and she talked about, you know, there, there are two focuses, two focuses in life. One is the focus of love and one is the focus of fear. So anything Mm -hmm. positive stems under love and anything negative stems under fear. And she talks about, you know, it's not bad to feel the negative. It's not bad to feel sad or, or things, especially when we're going through trials, but right. Like what is the feeling that connects us to heaven? 
people. It's it's love. It's it's love. unconditional love. It's gratitude. It's appreciation. And so it's like if we aren't connected in our smallest thoughts to love, then when it comes to those bigger thoughts and the bigger trials, and if that's not our natural go-to is love and faith and appreciation and gratitude and Heavenly Father and Jesus, then we resort to the normal worldly alternative of fear, of sadness, of sorrow, of pain, of, you know, tragedy. And, and those are okay to feel, but it's when it consumes us. It's when it mm-hmm. trumps our faith. And so I've noticed that. And, and so she recommends like become more aware of like your, your, your small thoughts, your individual thoughts. Um, and does it, you know, is it from love or is it from fear? And then simply offer up those negative feelings to Heavenly Father. And for me, I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never really considered doing that, you know. So so as I started to, to be very intentional about my thoughts um, and my focus, it, oh my goodness, the, the change in my connection um, was almost day and night, like, you know, it took me a whole day of kind of doing this. And then all of a sudden it was, it was just a very different presence that I was feeling. It was this, I mean, I can't even, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, But it was such a beautiful feeling when you completely release those negative feelings and you allow love and your faith to truly, you know, to, to be exercised. Um, anyway, I kind of lost train of thought is, oh, okay. So he said, turn to him, follow him. And I would add, choose him. Um, so for me, that's exactly what I'm doing this year. Right. But it's more on like, like I've done it before. And so now I'm, I'm redoing it, but it's just at such like, a different level than before, right? Because as we grow spiritually, we continue to go up, you know, like next level, next level, next level. So now I'm at like the highest level I've been. And so it's a whole different focus and it's a whole different feeling when I choose him and when I follow him. Um, and I recently went through this uh, amazing blessing, um, I will call it, because because it, it didn't hit like normal trials in the past. And I would have to preface that with the fact that I was doing so much spiritual work on myself last year that I was prepared for it for when it came this year. And I think Mm -hmm. it's really cool because um, whenever we have questions or problems, he talks about, right? Um, The answer is always found through Jesus Christ. And if that, oh my goodness, if that doesn't hold true to me now, then I don't know whatever could because, because that's exactly what, what happened is I was like, oh my gosh, I've, I've learned this other saying of, you know, instead of getting through trials, like maybe we should learn to grow through trials. And mm-hmm. that, that's such a mental shift on these, you know, circumstances that arise. Um, and so when this, when this, um, trial slash blessing arose, uh, it was just so crazy. The, the difference 
that was behind it because I fully released the fear, the, the negative of, and the sorrow and the pain and right. And so it's like, as I completely let that go and exercised my faith and the love that this is happening for a reason, and this is going to make me such a better person than it ever has before. Like the freedom and the power behind that was just so magnificent. But for me, that was me choosing Jesus, right? That was me choosing my faith to be exercised in him and in my love for him instead of the physical, the physical pain, Mm -hmm. the physical, you know, that could easily spiral us out of control. And, Mm -hmm. and that's where Satan steps in for, for doubt and, you know, whatnot. Mm. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that experience. That was really, that was really beautiful. I think and where you were, you related like the love and the peace and everything you felt from Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ was spiritual, right? It was, it wasn't a physical thing, but you felt it physically, yeah. you know, not, not, it wasn't just this thing that was around you. Like you felt it within you. And that was like the spirit, like testifying to you, like, just hold on, just do this with me. Like, and like what you said, I like how you said, grow, grow with the trial or grow through the trial, not get, not endure through it, yeah. but grow within it. Um, I really like that. And I think it kind of, well, he quotes Elder Neil A. Maxwell and he says, if you have not chosen the kingdom of God first, it will in the end make no difference what you have chosen instead. And so because you're choosing, you're choosing the kingdom of God first, you are, you are experiencing firsthand what can truly happen when you have, when you have God in your forefront rather than having other things before him. So that's really cool. Well, and you know, what's funny is like, (laughs) as I would, I would hear and yet again, this is me talking as a fence sitter, right? Like I would hear Mm -hmm. people talk about, you know, having such a great connection to Heavenly Father and to Jesus. And I'm like, oh, that's so wonderful. And part of me was like, I think they're just saying it because like, that's what we're supposed to have. But Mm -hmm. like, I never, I never had that, right? Like there would be those small instances where like, you know, the spirit was, was touching me. Um, but because I was so much more distracted first and foremost by everything else going around me. And I wasn't, I was going through the actions, but there is something to say about the true intention of your heart. Right. So like Mm -hmm. if you're asking for guidance, but you're not open to receive, like Heavenly Father is blocked by where your faith is at, right? And mm-hmm. so it's like there's a difference between asking and not being open and then asking and fully being open no matter no matter what that would look like. And so as I as I truly had that, you know, intention in my heart for growth and for connection, like Oh my goodness, it was day and night. And and I couldn't help but go go and I'm like, oh my gosh, they were so right, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. it 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 is well, and when you're on that other side, it seems like it's these, it seems like it is so much. Like when when the concept of, you know, having a prayer in your heart all day, like 
for me, that just seemed like it was so much. And I'm like, that's impossible, right? Like if I pray four or five times a day, I'm like, whew, that's a lot. But it's so different when you, when you have that intention and that connection, like it comes so natural. And so yet again, going back to habit and, you know, persistence or diligence, like what are we being constant in? You know, and so it's like the more I opened up to Heavenly Father, the more I felt him and the more it became natural and the more it became something I yearned to do. And so now when I'm going to bed at night, it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to get up and start my morning because I I start my morning really early and it's my sacred time and I like truly get giddy about it because it sets my day and it sets my spirit up to lead me throughout the day instead of my physical being. <laughs> mm, I love that. And, and I mean, I love how you said when we, uh, our faith or how our faith is or how willing we are to listen and be open, that's what's going to block or invite Heavenly Father into us, you know, um, because he's always there. Everything he has that he wants to give us, it's there. Like we don't, we don't just get like, you know. Oh, he doesn't just pick and choose what he wants to give yes. to us. He has everything he has is for us. It is literally us, and up to us to figure out how, you know, to get our focus in line and open ourselves up and create that connection to constantly feel that flow coming from yes. Heavenly Father. And I think it's like, it's so important for us to have that and to, to learn that, especially as parents. And as we're raising this new generation on the earth, like, you know, we, we hear all the time, our leaders, you know, talking about how the generation on the earth today, like they, they are the chosen generation. We are the chosen generation. I hear that all the time. And, you know, but they also need to be fed Spiritually, they also need to be provided that nourishment. And that nourishment has to come from us as parents who have already received that feast of spirit spirituality in order to provide that for our children um, yeah. so that they can stand and that they can avoid and, you know, not get caught up in the distractions of the world. Most definitely. And I think that's kind of why I was a fence sitter for so long because, um, and nothing against my parents. They did what they, they could. Right. But, but they themselves were fence sitters. And so like Mm -hmm. I learned by example and, you know, I'm just like everybody's spirituality, it's ebb and flow, but I felt like it was more ebb than flow, at least on my perspective as a child. And I think that there's something super important to, to allow your children to see your relationship with your Heavenly Father. And so, mm-hmm. so that's actually, you know, was like the big eye-opening thing for me was like, oh my gosh, I'm raising, you know, children and I'm raising, am I raising them to be fence sitters? Like I was, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't want that for them. And so that's actually what ignited my my fuel for like, okay, let me put in the work. Let me see what is possible. Let me really, you know, strengthen and test and exercise my faith. 
because I want, I do, I want to be that example for my children. I don't want them to just know prayer works because we speak about it and they grow their testimony based off of us, which there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that for, you know, for a little while. And I'm like, but I truly want to be like that connecting piece, right? Like we, mm-hmm. you know, we lost, we lost a chicken, um, the other, not the other day. It's been, it's been a couple months and, you know, in my, in our prayers, I was like, thank you, Heavenly Father for helping us find the chicken. And both my kids were like, mom, we haven't found the chicken yet. And I'm like, I know, but I, my faith is that I know Heavenly Father will help us find it, whether it's alive or whether it's dead. Like, you know, I know he will help, help us find it. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I've come to the belief that I believe Heavenly, for, Heavenly Father works through our faith. So where's my faith at? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, anyway. And so sure enough, the next day, like it shows up and there, and you know, we pinpointed the, okay, look. Look what we prayed for. Look at our our attitude and our faith of what we prayed for. And then look what was delivered, right? And so I think that middle piece of like our faith about what we're praying for, I think tends to be, um, what am I trying to say? It, it tends to be the missing link, I guess you would say. But so where's our faith at, right? Is, is yeah. the most important Um but yeah, I, I, I want to be that example. I want to be first and foremost that, you know, that person for my children to see, you know, when mom prays, mm-hmm. Heavenly Father answers because she has the faith and has exercised it that he will. Yeah. And because of that, they'll grow up knowing like what they need to do and who to yeah. choose. Like they'll, they will know uh, which hero to choose. And in that where he brings up the Old Testament book of Daniel, where he brings up like Nebuchadnezzar and the um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in there he says, we clearly knew which hero, who clearly knew which hero to choose. And it was none, it was not any of the gods of King Nebuchadnezzar. And so like in this story, King Nebuchadnezzar, like he, builds this like golden image, you know, and he wants all of the people to worship and fall at the, the, and worship this image. And, but these three um, followers of Christ, uh, followers of God, they don't, they don't do it. And he tries to kill them. He like tries to, he binds them up. He has his men bind them up and he sets this furnace on fire. And, but these, these saints, they never waver in, what they're worshiping and in what they believe in. Like I, I was trying to think of that when I was reading this. I'm like, okay, if I were brought up to a point where say we had like this ruler that just all of a sudden took charge of the, of us here in this country. And they were demanding that we turn away from our beliefs and we worship this one thing or else we're, we're going to be killed. Like, Holy cow. Like, would I have the faith enough to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to do that because I know where I know who my God is. I know who heavenly father is and that's not him. And it just, it's just a really cool story to see like where their faith was and that they truly believe that they would be delivered. And because of their faith, they were delivered. Is there anything else that you, that you liked or that you, any other impressions that you might've felt or thought of while reading this or listening to it? Yeah, I, I like um, towards the end when he talks about, he said, we choose him, Jesus Christ, 
When we choose to honor his day, whether we're at home or traveling on vacation, we choose him when we choose his words through the scriptures and the teachings of living prophets. We choose him when we choose to hold a temple recommend and live worthy of its use. We choose him when we are peacemakers and refuse to be contentious, especially when we have differences of opinions. Um, mm. And yet again, does that, I mean, does that not explain like our day-to-day interactions with one being even ourselves, um, you know, meaning our physical self, right. Versus and in, in, even, you know, our daily interactions with our friends and family and coworkers, um, So I think it's so beautiful. I love how he emphasized we choose him, right? So Mm -hmm. yet again, going back down to like the simplest um, of our thoughts, right? Because our thoughts become our um, beliefs. Our beliefs become our actions. Our actions become our emotions and things like that. And so it's like, where at that beginning point are we choosing him? Are we trying to choose him like you know, at our actions, or do we want to come back down to our small, those small, simple thoughts, right? And the constant tweaking of those thoughts, because it's, it's so, there's such a difference um, when we lean into that connection of heaven versus, you know, being slightly off. Um, Just like that, there was a talk given about, you know, the, a, a plane landing from point A to point B. Um, I'm going to butcher it, so I won't, I won't elaborate too much. But it, it more or less talks about even if, if the plane's GPS is off 1%, mm-hmm. it will never get to its destination, right? And so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, let's start it at those, those thoughts. Let's choose him in our thoughts. And is our thought connected? and opening our connection to Heavenly Father, or is it getting in the way? Mm, I love that, absolutely. And towards the end of that quote where he talks about, especially when we have differences in opinion, like in an ever, like our the world is becoming more and more and more contentious. Mm. And it is so important that we have that connection to Heavenly Father to to be able to receive and understand his love. When we when we feel his love, we can better understand his love for all of us, right? We can better understand that every single person on this earth is a daughter and son of our Heavenly Father. And so it helps us to be able to have more kindness and more love towards others because we understand his love. It all comes down to us choosing that. All comes down to us choosing that. I really love that. Yeah, um, it's definitely. Well, this talk was really good. I really enjoyed it, and I think that this discussion has been really awesome. So, thank you, Ashley. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Or I just love right how he 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 ends it in in a world of heroes with monuments and museums devoted to the exploits of mortal men and women. There is only one who stands above all others. Um. And I think that's beautiful as we, as we are striving to grow our, our faith and our relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, you know, I think that is so vitally important for us to remember that he stands above all. He trumps everything. Um, and mm-hmm. he gave us, he gave us the best and most beautiful blessing. Um, 
we could have ever received. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. His atonement. Thank you, Ashley. I think, I mean, I think that's a great way to end it is just, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Ashley, for being on here. I appreciate you joining me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Conference Talk Podcast. This episode, we discussed Bishop W. Christopher Waddell's address, More Than a Hero. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star rating. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you get podcasts. You can find links to all our podcast platforms on our website, conferencetalk.org. Conferencetalk.org is also where you can follow us on social media. Drop us a comment, leave out or check out the show notes and find resources we mentioned in the episodes and learn more about us, your host. If you want to follow me, Shelby Christensen, you can find me at shelbc08. And my husband and I also have a podcast called Olive Theory. Big thanks to our podcast guest, Ashley, for joining us today. It was such a great discussion. Thank you so much, Ashley. While we always appreciate new followers, it's better to follow the prophet and the apostles themselves. And remember, although we love speaking about the church and our leaders, we do not speak for them. Everything said on this podcast represents our own personal opinions. Join us next week for some more personal opinions on the Conference Talk podcast.